Good evening, good evening to you, you and each of you that are here on this Wednesday evening. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear a word from the Lord? It has been several months that we have been here, right here at Faith Surge with Redeem Assembly, where our pastors are Bishop James F. Harris, Lady Sylvia Harris. And we know and we have known that every seven days a miracle takes place right here. And guess what? You're a miracle because you're here right with us this evening. And we want you to continue to to be a blessing to others. So with that being said, we need you to like, share, subscribe, even start a watch party right here at faithsearch.com. We know that there are other folks out there that need to know that Jesus is the reason for this season that we're in. We have a treat for you on tonight. Our very own pastor, Bishop, is going to come alongside with Danielle Harris Branch. Get your pad, your pen, your tablets ready to take note in what God has for us on this evening. Well, good evening, Redeemed Assembly and friends. All right, so let's get started. So Sunday, Bishop explained to us what a paradigm shift was. So, So Bishop... When we, when we talk, talk about the paradigm shift, what are some of the main things that we need to change as far as our thinking to actually be able to receive from God? I think one of the main things we want to do is start thinking in the positive, the possibilities of what God can do. And in order to do that, we have to think outside of ourselves. And most of the time, what we do we limit things to our work and to our power and to our accomplishment. Now, we have to radically about that, amen, God is going to do some things that I don't have no idea about what he's going to Ready, but I'm not ready. So that's when you start getting to possibility thinking. Most of the people in the Bible that uh, went through this phase, they were dumbfounded as they came before God. And what God was about to overwhelm them with left them speechless. So I want you to prepare yourself to be speechless for what God is going to work in your life. Peter must have had a paradigm shift when God told him. And sometimes he even had to think of, now, how Peter adjust his mind to walking on water? But that happened, and he walked on water. And sometimes you have to just obey without understanding. You just have to obey. Wow. That is profound to say that to obey without even knowing any details. And that's kind of like our whole walk with Christ. You know, even when he takes us through those situations, we don't know why we're in it, and we don't know how we're going to come out just Actually, trusting God. Why do you think that God hides his plan from us? Because he don't want us to interfere with it. There's something in us because we are made in the image of God, but we have been somewhat confused and contaminated by the devil. You see, we have created power with us. We do not recognize how powerful we are there's a God in us that have a tendency to create. And what God will do is say, well, 
You remember when the Tower of Babel? And God said, let us go down at once because the people is one and nothing will be withheld from them. So we have created ability within us, even though we might not uh, do it right. So God keeps it away from us until we are uh, ready to walk in it. And then he'll lead you step by step. Most of them, he don't give you the whole journey. He will only give you enough for that particular moment. This is like with Moses also. Moses had to lead the children of Israel out. But God just took them one rip to another, to a creek, to a mountain. He'll take you through and then that keep you depending on him and you can anything to it. Amazing. Because it's, it, and I think too with Bishop, it just develops that faith, that step-by-step faith too. Yes, yes. So it's in the moment because I think, I know as far as I'm concerned, sometimes you want to know the next step. You want to know the destination. You want to know where to yes. go. But yes. God has to trust us step-by-step. At each step, we're learning a different facet of him. So, so, yeah, Bishop, yeah. good answer. And, and also, God will keep, God have your attention because when you think you know something, you stop thinking about it and you just go leanly. Come on, but when you don't know, you pay attention to every move that's gone because you don't want to fail. I don't know this. I have to wait. Yes. So, why is it so important for us to actually forget our past? I heard someone says that when you learn something, it ruts in your mind. And that means there are times when there are things that store up in your mind. And so if we keep looking at the past, we have a tendency to go back to where we just came from. Mm. So if we want fresh anointing, we have to forget the past so that we can move with the future. It's something within us that tries to duplicate what we've already had and the way that God's going to occur us through. We don't even understand, nor do we know the way God's going to take us. If we kept on remembering the past, then new ideas can't come into your mind. But when you forget the past, new ideas can come into your mind. Yes. And so, in essence, we're making room for more yes. by emptying yes. our ourselves from the past. And yes. we have a question from Andre Nias, and he says, what do you think that this means for Redeemed Assembly as a whole, forgetting the past? All of us have a mindset, and we have had a plane laid out that we think we can follow. But a lot of time, what you have laid out in your mind and you are planning to follow might be in what God wants, might be in yes. what God has for you. He said, I'm going you by a way that you know not. So that keeps you walking faith because you don't know. So for Redeemed Assembly, that we going to have to look at ministry different from the way we've been looking at it. As a matter of fact, what happened to most people is this. We follow routine and we don't think. How many times, I, I, I remember when I was going to work every day, you can work on a daily basis and not remember how you got when you got in the car 
and you know when you got in the parking lot at your job, but you didn't doubt it because it's a routine. And this you, did you see such and such a one from broad? No, I didn't see it. I was just looking straight ahead. Matter of fact, you really weren't thinking at all. We don't think, just don't like to think. And so for Redeemed Assembly, that means they have to approach it with prayer and seeking the face of God and find out exactly what it is that you want us to do, which means that we're going to pray for every sleep. We're going to have to pray about it. Yes. And sometimes we can fall asleep doing the right thing. You know, like you said, you get to a destination. You don't know how you got there. You can go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every special service and your heart be so far removed from what's actually going on. So you're you're doing the work, but God is not building that relationship with us. You know, so it's been a paradigm shift. Just COVID has created a paradigm shift. God, how can I reach people? What can I do? So we do have another question by um, Joseph Woodford. And his question is, how do you forget the past when that's all you know? Don't depend upon yourself. Scripture says in the book of, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says that the weapons are walk accountable, they're mighty through God and casting down imagination yeah. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what this means then, since if that's always the past, that means you have to, by faith, yield yourself to God, revealing new stuff to you, get the word of God and pray the word. Once you start getting the word and praying the word and start deliberately thinking on what God says, you'll find that the old will start disappear and find yourself walking in the newness of Christ Jesus. To forget your past, that's a miracle by itself. You have to depend on God in order to do it. But God will cast down those imagination if you yield yourself to him. And would you say not forgetting the past is prophesying your future? Yes, it is. Because you come to expect your past and your future so then you are you're, you're kind of limited by that experience because you keep expecting it. And we have to get what we expect and we are what we think. So we keep getting the same cycle, wanting God to break it. But we don't want to do that work. And the work is to trust God. Exactly. OK, so we got another question. What would you say to a person who has asked, why do you believe in God? I believe in him because I found that what he has said to me always come true. Heard. Now, I, I know him. The Bible said faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So then when I read that word, I try this. In other words, let's say Tick Salvation. They said that he repent of your sin, be baptized. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes, will be joy unspeakable. So you do that much. Oh, that works. And then as you, what the scripture to say, you shall know as you follow on to know. You don't start with a big bond. It starts off with little small steps. I believe God because he have never failed me. I believe God because every time he tell me something, he's always there. I believe God because I haven't found anything better than God. Come on, Bishop. Oh, I believe him. 
And it's kind of like when when somebody asks me that, I always go back to my um, cosmetology license and I can sit in class and learn all day long. But then there is the knowledge part and then there's the practical part. The practical part is when you have to actually do what you learned. And sometimes doing it, doing it is not as easy as what it looks like. But after you do it, nobody can take that experience from you. So yeah. I think, too, just knowing God and letting, like you said, letting him come alive in your life. Nobody can take that experience. And I, I love God for his order. But like even the infilling of the speaking with tongues is my miracle. So nobody can take that from you because it's been practiced. It's been written and it's been practiced and it's been written yes. and it's been practiced. Yes. yes. So amazing. And I, I agree with you. It all works. <laughs> so we got another question. How do you tell people that God is good when all they see is evil in the world? The fact that they are still living and all the evil didn't happen to them. God is good. The presence of God is the presence of all kinds of confusion. So you have to them this. How has God been to you? Are you still living? Are you still breathing? And then start looking. I would encourage them to start looking for the good stuff. You can actually get in a mindset that all you look for is bad stuff. If you allow yourself and realize and nothing open your mind like being, well, I know this one did this, this one did that, but I got my health. I can breathe. I can walk. Uh, an attitude of gratitude open the eyes up to the brightness of God and what God is able to do in your life. There's something about saying, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I appreciate you. That opens your minds up and you're able to see. And not only that, but there's another scripture saying, David said this, I would have it had I not believed to see. See, believe to see. You got to believe. Yes. And looking for the bad, that's all you're going to see. But you know what? Things are rough this morning, but I believe God's going to bring me out of this. See, the belief come, then it will come. That's good, Bishop. That's good. And and then the matter of fact that you live, I mean, no one can argue with your goodness in your life. Yeah, once, yeah. We, once we really become confident in sharing the God of our salvation, I, I, it's undeniable that if they never ran into God, they can't just deny your own testimony. If they see you, they see God, you know, because when you start to share where you come from and you come to, it's undeniable that there's a real God and he works and you start sharing your own limitations and your hindrances and those things that you couldn't come over in your own might, that's undeniable that there's a God. Exactly. Exactly. Got a little excited. Okay. <laughs> we got another one. So now we're in the world of Christian. I'm going to sum up her question. So now basically we want to know what is the standards for Christian being a Christian as far as plays Cursing involves you wanted to write a play, should you have it cursing and all that that stuff in it? See, no. Now, just because we do not wear I me, mean, you all women, proper, <laughs> not us, I don't wear no dress, but because women don't wear long dresses and so forth, 
The Bible says woman is supposed to adorn herself and modest appear. In other words, we, we need to in line with what is sober, that which is right. And if I start writing a play and I put all this cursing in the play, now I am become subject to the whims of the devil. And so I can only, and if I'm writing cursing in my play, I got cursing in me. Bad words don't come to my mind. Praise will come to my mind, but not bad words because that's not in me. Nothing can come out of you that's not in you. So then if you're a Christian, it's nowhere in the world you can write a cursing. You can't do it because it's not in you. And whatever we do, say this, let your light shine. We got to make sure light is shining. And it almost gives grounds for that person to stay the way they are. You know, and we, yes. we call it being relevant or real, but uh -huh. real is sending a lot of people to real hell. God says what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Um, we got another question. What does it really look like? What, what does it really mean to take up your cross? Your cross is your responsibility. Take up your cross. And arm yourself, the Bible says, because you're living in a world, Satan is the God of this world. So when you take your cross, it means that you said Jesus is my Lord. You have already become the enemy of this world. This world is your enemy. So he said, as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself. So when you start getting ready to suffer, that means I am going to up responsibility that regardless to what someone do or say to me, I'm going to still walk in the ways of God. So pick up a cross and I'm going to follow him. I'm not going to give in my own lust, my own passion, trying to make flesh feel comfortable. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow the word of God and do what God has told me to do. So really, you're not carrying your cross until there's some pain involved. Exactly. And then you <laughs> arm yourself and get ready. You, you, you got you to gotta think in your mind. You, you can't wait till trouble come. You have already, you have to already have made up in your mind. I'm not going to yield ahead of time. Even with your blessings, I'm not going to. In other words, like, let's say this. I'm, I'm not going to stay from church because God give me a house. And sometimes, have you? How many people you know that have actually done wrong stuff because God blessed them? Israel is a good example of that. God bring them out from the plans of the enemy, and what do Israel do? Israel adopt to what is around her to the extent she forgot God and start giving homage to own brick and trees and everything else except the living God. But yeah. when you up my cross, you are saying Christ is number one. He will always be number one in my life. So decide ahead of time what to do before it is even presented to you that you're going to do mm -hmm. the God thing. Yes. What's your opinion of pastors accepting same-sex marriage? The word of God is clearly against it. We even have gay pastors in the pulpit living a gay lifestyle. 
The Pope seems to accept it now. All right. What I said with that is this. Romans chapter says, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, but became vain in their imagination. If the preachers are endorsing this, the Bible said this time would come. The time would come when they will not do a sound doctrine and they want to do the opposite of God. So when when you don't retain God in mind, then a man starts looking good to a man and a woman's looking good to a woman because the absence of God is the presence of evil. And the, the, the fact that these people are from the pit down is practiced in this lifestyle lets us know that Jesus is soon to come because the Bible said men will wax worse and worse and that's what's happening now. You know, and what he does, he, Satan set this stuff up so the stuff looked normal. Um, I can remember the, the, the D word. You wouldn't even say that on, 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 on a broadcast. Now, they start saying it so much, uh, you wouldn't see a guy kissing another guy. But have you noticed how lately... How many guys on TV are a man got hair around his mouth and he gonna turn around and kiss another man in the so all of this stuff after a while starts seeing normal. And when things start seeing normal, addiction leaves. And you see it all the time, you get used to it. Yes. But um, that is just a sign of the time. Doesn't want to make a freak out of God's creation. And that's the reason why Maine is God's crown glory. And Satan's number one job is this. I'm going to make a freak out of God's glory. And I'm going to take these preachers that don't know the truth, that are in it for their own gain and their office. I'm going to let them become preachers of wickedness rather than preachers of righteousness. And that's another time when you start taking up your crown in Christ. Because if you preach the truth, you're not, you don't, don't look to have uh, the, the church running over. So don't get, don't get twisted. And we, we have this thing out here now where pastors are coming up with programs just to get people in their church. And they don't care what the people do as long as they come to their church. So this, this thing, this, I mean, these are perilous times. They're going to try to mix it so that you tell the difference between right and wrong. In other words, if everybody else is doing it, go ahead on and do it. But that's, that's God's law and is a sign of the time that we are living in. And I actually had the opportunity to actually talk to a um, transvestite. And, you know, he was begging for prayer. So I prayed for him. And when I finished, I said, you know, can I ask you a question? Is it worth it? Mm. And he said, it's not worth it. Mm. He said, but I'm in too far. He had changed his whole body and he didn't know what to do at that point. Oh, and I said, there's a God that loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. God can do the work. Don't worry about the next step. Just surrender your life. And that same guy, I think it was one week later, he ended up dead. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody killed him. But it was just asking him that question, he said, it's not worth it. But what am I to do with my life? My God. So mm-hmm. just approaching them. And sometimes you have to ask them the question. Don't be yeah. so ready to give the answer. But sometimes you got to find people where they are. And most of them have either been raped or, you know, something traumatic has happened in their life and they don't know what to do with what happened. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why it's so important for us to always be in place so that we can be that person for them and show them the way to Christ. The word is really what does the work and making ourselves of no reputation. Just saying that there's a God that can fix everything because that's the same thing as a, a, a habitual liar. You yes. know, it's, it's sin is sin. You know, so we have to actually express that there's a God that can save us from anything. Let me say this too. The scripture says, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall yes. it be the coming of the Son of Man. So actually, this is a sign to the righteous yes. so that we can gird up our own because we know that he is soon to back and we got to be ready for Jesus comes back. And that was the whole reason why he destroyed that place was because yeah. of that. I mean, God is clear in his message. When you're trying to forget your past, how would you make how sure you- not to forget your past as a marker to where God has brought you from? So when he's talk about your past, it's not talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ. You always remember your relationship with Jesus Christ. You get that. When it says your past, it actually means your past life that was contrary to the will of God. When I say contrary to the will of God, that means that don't mean necessarily you're doing a whole bunch of stuff bad. Let's say forgetting your past could be this. Uncle Tom said you'll never be nothing. And so therefore, that's Yes. Anything outside of the word of God is your past. The Bible said this, old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. So anything the word give you, that is present tense. Anything the devil has tied you down, that is your past. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. So I said, God, heal me from cancer. I'm not going to forget that. And I shouldn't forget it. But if I forget about how many days I lamented and cried and everything else, I'm supposed to forget that. Why? Because the joy of what God has done for me will cause me to forget the old stuff. And now I can remember the new stuff. So if it's in the word, you don't forget it. But you want to forget anything, drinking, smoking, lying, cheating. Those are the things you want to forget. But you don't want to forget righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. You'll never forget that. I can still remember. I was 12 when I got saved. I can still remember the day when God came in with the Holy Ghost. I don't want to ever forget that. You see what I'm talking about? So I can forget those contrary things now. Now, something they taught me, I forgot those things. I need to forget them. Why? Because they don't fit into God's scheme of things. So I for, anything that don't fit within God's scheme of things, those are the things you're supposed to forget. And sin is always pain and God is always joy. 
Yes. Sin is always pain and God is always the joy. So let, let's hope that sin is in the past and you can forget it. Uh, we have another question from BB. All right. His question is, Jesus is creator or creature? Jesus is both creator and creature. Mm. He became creature so he could identify with us. He that knew no sin became sin. We could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible said in John, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And in the book of, uh, what is that, Colossian, he says, Jesus Christ is the body or the visibility of the invisible God. So he's both creator. That's what makes it so amazing that he could become a creature to reach us. Because if he had not become a creature, you and I would still be lost. Became what I was, so I come what he is. Hmm. He became sin, so I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My God today. All right. Will God forgive those who follow those who are leading them to in the wrong way? God will forgive you, but he told some that are leading people in the wrong way. If I lead people to hell and they follow me and go to hell, they're going to still go to hell. But the person that led me, they all get double for leading me in the wrong path. See, we have a responsibility to find the truth. Yes. We can read, we can pray. And, and the Bible says there are some things that nature itself teaches you. You won't have to learn everything in school. Uh, Paul was saying, he said, nature teaches you. If you start reading his gospel, you start seeing that. There are certain nature itself teaches you. You don't have to have nobody else to teach you. Let's say you try and walk around on top of your head. Don't nature tell you that you're supposed to use your feet? And then God, that's, that's to say that God will leave you in error. To me, it would say that it's God's intention for you to be lost. Yes. God always is shedding light in situations, but we have a choice and he cannot go against our will. Exactly. And, and then the Bible us too, that we are know them that labor with us and are over us in the Lord. Just because the preacher is a preacher. Don't mean you're not supposed to know the word of God. Come on, Bishop. You're supposed to judge the preacher too. And that's why the preacher should become to you the manifestation of God's word. If you're going to tell me to have long, uh, long suffering, long patience, and I'm, and I'm cussing out somebody every five minutes now, if, if I'm leading you, you ought to say, no, I can't follow him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Take the word of God and put it up beside his life. Is he living according to God's word? Then if he's not living according to God, then God said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. God will lead you. That the Holy, Holy Spirit within you is going to lead and guide you into the truth of God. So yes, that's no excuse to say he's the preacher. So he led me wrong. You still going to hell. For responsibility. God did not create you a dummy. You have good sense. 
We are responsible for that word. And then and not only that, if you if you would notice this, the first thing that God does for a leader is tell him to govern his family. That's his test. If he can't take care of his family, how can he take care of the church of God? Ooh, my heart is beating fast. <laughs> okay. Checkmate. All right. So next we have a question by Jeanette Mayo. Okay. She wants to know, how can she answer this question? Does God change his mind? Yes. God will change his mind. The Bible said it repented God. That means God changed his mind. And a lot of time, God would do something, but because you turn, God turned. So he does change his mind. My God today. So we thank y'all for participating tonight. And let me, can I say this, please? I know people talk how easy it is to go to hell. It's not as easy. If you open your heart, it's not easy to go to hell. If you would open your heart and see what Jesus have done for you, the sacrifice made for you is not easy to go to hell you go to hell because you don't want to think but if you could think of the finished work of Jesus on the cross his finished works said difficult for you to go to hell how how can you refuse a man that loved you enough to hang up on a cross for you he came and sought us out how can you not love him waking you up do you know how it costs if we had to hire the people that it took to keep us safe all day? We couldn't pay the price. How many angels do you have assigned to you on a daily basis? And the Bible says you are always on God's mind. Always. I don't mean six hours a day. I mean you are always on his mind. And when you think about what he's doing for you, it becomes difficult for you just to walk away. Because I tell you, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he's doing for me, it causes my soul to rejoice in him. It's easy now for me to go to heaven. All I see is Jesus in front of me. It'll be hard for me to go to hell when Jesus have already gone to hell so I wouldn't have to go to hell. He preached deliverance in hell. And then he bought them from the grave and they walked the streets of Jerusalem. He bought me from there. It's hard for me to go to hell. I don't know about you. You know what? Not only that, I feel so good in my soul. I can tell you this. If that was not a heaven to go to, if that was not a hell to shine, God has been so good to me. I would serve him in hell because it's just been just that good to me to have a friend in trouble, to have somebody to stand by you, to have somebody to deliver you, to heal you when you're sick, give you peace when confusion is all around you. If I were to die and the grave was the end, I would still serve him because it's just been that good to me. That's how good God is. Oh, let me step back. I'm like, a, oh, but he's good. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. And when you think about how his love just chases you down, even when you run from him, 
His Damn. love just never quits. I mean, no. in your sleep no. is chasing you down. Yeah. When you're walking, it's chasing Ooh. you down. Wherever you go, his love just keeps yeah. chasing you down. Remember, reminding you of what he made you to be, reminding you of what he called you to be, reminding you of your destiny, reminding you of his possibilities, reminding you of his love that never quits, reminding you of his faithfulness, yes. reminding you yes. of that grace yes. and mercy. His protection and the way he becomes what we need him to be until we can become what he called us to be. He's a mighty, mighty good God. And that's why he can set the terms because he gives us a way out of every wicked situation. If we just take the way of escape, we can have the life that God designed us to have. And even we sin, we have a harder time forgiving ourselves than he do. Yes, Bishop. See, we have the, we have the problem. Yes. But the scripture says this, even when I've sinned against him and brought him to an open shame, then he turns around, become my lawyer. Woo! And he plead my case. Mm! He plead my case before himself. He's my lawyer. And then he said, forgive them for my sake because of what I did on Calvary, not James Goldfree. He is our advocate. This is what John said. We have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the perpetuation for our sins. He is my perpetuator for my sin. Now, I've all time forgiven myself, but the moment I turn to him, he's all right, James. It's done, and I move on to the future. All right. Yeah, I heard, I heard somebody tell a story, and it said that God, he has to judge the sin. So he judges the sin as the judge, but then Ooh. comes on the other side of the bench and pays the fee. That's the God we serve. You've been paid in advance for your work yes. on earth. Yes, He yes. paid you in advance for your work on earth. He paid you in advance for carrying your cross. He yes, paid he you in advance for telling the gospel. He paid you in advance for sharing his love. Everybody, this has been wonderful. Bishop, thank you so much for your vast knowledge, for sharing, answering those questions on the spot like that. If you have any further questions, you can email redeemedassembly at gmail.com. Redeemed Assembly, R E. D-E-E-M-E-D-A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y at gmail.com. Or maybe you want to just contact Bishop personally. You can email him at drbishopharris at gmail.com. Harris at gmail.com. Thank you all for participating tonight. We love each and every one of you. Keep doing the impossible. Amen. God bless you. Amen.